1: in that case i pronounce you lucky
2: play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details you are listening to the next best picture podcast and this is our review of his house congratulations you're being released as asylum seekers not as citizens not yet you will be sent to a home of our choosing
0: you must not move from this address. We are good people. Whether or not you're good people, it's not me that needs convincing. It's a palace. This entire house is just for us.
2: It's going to be nice. You're going to be happy.
0: As long as you can get along, fit in, be one of the good ones. This is our home.
1: All the taste is in metal. We'll get used to it. to see us crazy. Ah! (laughs) Let them send us back. How quickly you forget everything we went through to get here. We are not going back. There's no witch now. What is that? Rats. Rats did this rent outside this, this, is this, is this is my house
0: this is my house this is my house you don't wonder what it tells me it says I should be afraid of you
2: alright everybody you just listening trailer for his house and the story is as follows a refugee couple makes a harrowing escape from war-torn south sudan but then they struggle to, to adjust to their new life in an english town that has an evil lurking beneath the surface the film is starring wunmi masaku shop De and matt smith it is written and directed by remy weeks joining me for this podcast review i have josh parham hello hello dan bear Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween indeed, and here we are on the next best picture podcast talking about what I think is maybe the best horror film that we have seen in 2020 so far. We've been pretty light on horror all around. Uh, I mean, we got The Lodge, we have Run coming up in a few days, but that's more of a thriller than anything. Uh, we had Sputnik. Can anyone else think of any of our horror films off the top of their head from this the year? Invisible Man. Oh, yeah. There was a little film called The Invisible Man. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, though, another film from Netflix this week, a smaller one, to be sure, uh, other than Matt Smith, names that no one has ever heard of. Uh, it's a, d- a directorial debut for Reby Weeks here. His house premiered at the Sundance Film Festival, where I had a chance to see it. I remember it already had distribution from Netflix. So I went in, like, thinking, ugh, oh, I could be seeing something else right now. I know that this is eventually going to come out. And well, you know, to be to be fair, Netflix doesn't have, in my opinion, the best track record of debuting films at Sundance. So definitely had some reservations about this one. But I emerged uh, from my screening of that uh, with the overall impression of that was pretty solid. That was really good. And so I, you know, anxiously awaited to see when people were going to get a chance to see this What great timing for it to be the big horror release this weekend over uh, Halloween, unless if you count Come Play, which I don't know who else is watching that. But for those of you that are staying at home and not going to movie theaters, this is why we are talking about His House. So let's pass it over first to Josh Parham. Josh, what did you think of His House?
1: So watching this movie was actually kind of interesting to me because the first half of it, I have to admit, struggling a little bit with this film. I was appreciating a lot that was happening. There's a lot of good craft on display and the performances are really good, but it kind of felt like there was something missing that really let me fully get invested in the story and these characters. And that was a bit frustrating. But there is a moment where you get basically a twist and you get a lot more context about what these characters are going through and what exactly is sort of fueling this haunting that they're going through. And I found that revelation to be very much needed. And it ended up providing a lot more nuance and complexity to this story. And I found myself getting much more invested in not just the overall atmosphere that it had created, but also the commentary on a lot of different themes of, kind of immigrant experience and assimilation and xenophobia and all of these really interesting concepts wrapped within this horror premise. And I don't think that really comes together until you get that information, which I still think is a little bit of a shame that the first half suffers from that still. But at the end of the day, I still found it to be really interesting. And I agree that it's a fascinating horror film that I ended up really liking by the end.
2: I do agree with you that I think the first part of this movie is a little slow to get going, you're definitely invested in what's happening because the perspective is so unique. I can't think of uh, many horror movies or even movies in general that actually touch upon uh, some of the story beats that these characters are going through in this movie. And especially putting it into the horror genre, um, it's definitely a mixture that was a unique viewing experience to say the least. Uh, To your point, though, Josh, I definitely think that the second half of this film is a lot stronger than the first half because you're right that, that that's when more of the emotional complexity starts to shine through. And, you know, the horror starts to become more psychological, traumatic. And, you know, you really, really start thinking about. Uh, some of the actual real life horrors that uh, people have experienced and sacrifices that have been made, and it kind of just helps uh, maybe some more of the underlying themes of the first part to be a little bit more heightened, then uh, thus elevating the whole film. Dan, what did you think?
0: Um, I have a lot of agreement with Josh on this. Actually, um, the the first half of the movie, it it's kind, of, it's not exactly wrote because it like you were saying this is a subject that like is tackled by so few movies in general let alone horror movies but it did feel a little like okay we've kind of seen this sort of plot before but i i was still interested because of these characters and the situation they were in um and how they were making it making the whole situation feel very specific to those circumstances and then a really weird thing happened which is right when they start to make it a bit irrol groan inducing with the oh we're really going we're really going to explain to you exactly what we're doing here in terms of the metaphor um right as they did that the style of the movie got a lot more interesting and difficult to parse. And there are things where, like, you're not sure if it's a flashback or a dream or something that's actually happening. And I found myself even more involved with it because of that and a little bit frustrated, but in a good way. Like, I was as... I was being told exactly what the movie was doing. I then had to figure out something else, which I I don't think is anything that I've really seen in another movie before. And I was kind of impressed with it.
2: I want to actually first start off by praising uh, Remy Weeks. This is his directorial debut, as I Mm -hmm. mentioned before, with his house. And, you know, to your point there, Dan, there is a tremendous amount of style in the second half of the movie, but the first half, very understated very controlled, very much focusing on the characters. And all throughout, I was thinking, you know, this is very unshowy cinematography, but it's sharp, it's very crisp, it's got great shadows and uh, great, you know, attention to detail in terms of atmosphere. And then when we get into the second half, things start getting a little bit more batshit crazy in terms of visuals. But man oh man the idea of what you're talking about in terms of is it real is it not is it a dream you know that was really really creative in terms of um really getting us to become more um invested in what we were watching on screen I felt like and you know that could have easily been undone with cheap production value bad visual effects but I have to admit, I think the small scale nature of this movie, it's very much confined to this one house and it doesn't really open up all that much. But when it does, you still feel very constricted to this hallucinogenic dreamlike atmosphere um, that does feel very uncomfortable and genuinely creepy.
1: Yeah, it's a really effective filmmaking that utilizes the kind of like, limited means of the story, but has a very focused and controlled method in executing that, like, very... As you said, Matt, like, that atmosphere of just tension and dread. And I think in the first half, it's just mostly tension and and within the atmosphere, and I don't know if that's as effective as what happens in the second half, where it goes a little bit deeper into actual character and emotional catharsis. And I think that's where it really starts to ramp up in terms of its effectiveness. I I just sort of wish that we had a little bit more of that in the first half. And I kind of understand that it wants to sort of present these developments within the story as like this big revelation that it wants to hide from you. But I also don't really know if it was completely necessary to hide all of that. I think that I was really missing more of that information in the first half. And I think – I would have had a stronger relationship to these characters all the way through the movie instead of just in the second half.
2: But you know what really got me in the first half, though, in terms of uh, just my engagement, even if it wasn't, you know, full blown jump scare horrors or, you know, the effective creepy atmosphere that we get like in the second half. The real world horror of this um, this husband and wife who Are genuinely good people, and they are just seeking asylum in the UK. And having to go through uh, the government process of housing and all the checks and balances that are required from them with it, it's genuinely stressful. And I think the movie does a good job of kind of getting us to align with the character's own anxieties that they are feeling just in that real world, real life kind of a situation.
0: Yeah, and the the argument that they're having essentially between uh, the argument over assimilation and how much of you know, how much English they want to be versus how much they want to, you know, still live their heritage as as embodied by, you know, each one of them. The husband traditionally, I guess, is very, yes, we must eat with forks and, you know, dress in the latest fashions and all this stuff. Um, Whereas his wife is much more like, no, I want to still be me. And I thought that was really interesting. And the way that that tied into the horror elements, I, I really responded to.
1: I always feel that the best horror movies out there are ones that can almost make you forget that you're watching a horror movie because the real anxiety is so rooted within actual like real world conflicts that it complements the more heightened horror elements but it also feels like you're compelled to just watch people dealing with these regular conflicts and i always find that That's really where horror can truly find a lot of success when it amplifies very real emotions that we have and anxieties about the world. And I think that this movie does a really good job of highlighting that.
2: Especially considering it's one that, you know, quite honestly, like I I can't really relate in any way, shape or form necessarily uh, to what these uh, characters are going through. And while they may not be based on real people, there are a ton of people out there who are going through uh, what um, Bol and Rial are going through in this film. And so on a human level, I can definitely sympathize, but, you know, getting a chance to really um, see that experience and have it told in a way that is respectful towards the uh, immigrant experience and what they have to go through, you know, whether it's, I mean, accurate or not, I think the emotional element of the movie is uh, extremely effective in getting us to actually just care about these characters. Because at the end of the day, it's really just Bull and Rial that we follow throughout there. There's no one else. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and it should
0: be noted just how great those performances are, too. Oh, oh my, my gosh, gosh yeah. Wumi yes. Masaku, who I only know from Lovecraft Country at this point she's she's so so good in this um and 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 the husband whose name i will not try to pronounce it's it it's either. definitely
2: Shoppe. I Shoppe? I
0: yeah <laughs> okay he he is really really strong he's it's weird because his face in some ways reminds me of jonathan majors yeah, <laughs> which, yeah. which made me think even more about lovecraft country while i was watching this But he's really, really strong. I mean, a lot of those scenes are just him and there's no dialogue and he's able to put across so much. With just his face and like how he holds his body, the tension that he's holding, it's really, really strong work. I mean, and even when we get to,
2: uh, you know, the second half of the film that we were mentioning earlier, it's like the performance is just kicking into overdrive, and they are just really, really hitting these beats of emotion so, so well that you really do feel uh, the pain that these characters have been through are going through. And there's also this cathartic acceptance uh, that I was really, really not expecting. Uh, But, you know, one of the other things I also just really appreciate about this movie is how much that this is a shared experience between the both of them. They are in this together. And in some ways, it's a love story between man and wife.
0: No purchase necessary. Voight we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: I, I mean, I do think that between the two, like we said, they're both giving really great performances, but I was just really especially taken with Mosaku. Um, I, I think that the like emotional terrain that she has to navigate through in every single scene was just like so miraculous. To watch, And even in the first part of the movie, when I was sort of a little frustrated with it, I still found myself so captivated by her performance that really, even without knowing the full context of everything, still felt like so engaging and so intriguing to me. So even when I was kind of frustrated by the storytelling, I was still constantly pulled in by her performance and what she was doing on screen.
2: And it's like a lot of people will come to this because they'll see that you know matt smith is in it but matt smith doesn't really have anything to do in this you
0: know, for the most no. part yeah he does what he has to do very well but there's not a lot
2: <laughs> no i think he knows that hey if my name is attached to this he'll get some eyeballs on it and that will only help like these other names Um, become more recognizable in the future and i think to that extent i thought he was used very effectively because he does not try to overshadow anything that they are doing his role could have honestly been played by anyone so I, i mean that's not a dig at him to say that the performance is unremarkable i think that he knew exactly what he was doing in that regard
1: yeah it's a supporting character that is not meant to intervene really at all into the story that much and It does come across as like, we got Matt Smith, so give us some money to make the movie and come see it because (laughs) Doctor Who is in it. But it doesn't feel like the character has any more, uh, doesn't have any more prevalence beyond that. And I think that's okay. Like you said, man, it's not a ding against his performance. It's just, that's not what the character is meant to be. And he plays the
0: role to the appropriate level that he should be playing it at. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tricky to have a part that is almost a secondary antagonist, but he doesn't really ever come off antagonizing. Um, he, I fully felt sympathy with that character. And by extension, like the more sympathy I felt for him, I also felt more sympathy for the main characters because it is about, you know, like wanting them to succeed. And yeah. wanting them to be able to stay in England and not have to go back.
2: It's the system that is yeah, fucked up, yeah, not necessarily exactly. uh, the people or maybe all people, you know, as represented by Matt Smith's character. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that.
1: Yeah. But also, the movie does not fall
0: into the trap of having him become a white savior, too. Right. Which is no, very exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's the one who eventually says, like, well, we have to report them now. Yep. And then does and is like and ends up being very impressed by yeah the outcome. <laughs> well it's like well i didn't have to do anything untoward okay
2: now this is obviously a haunted house movie but there's also uh, as we talked about uh anxiety and fears uh within the community as well so even outside of what's happening uh in the house that the two characters uh get placed in you know there are scenes where they're. Going to stores, walking down the streets, interacting with other people within the neighborhood, and there's always this sense of unease, like when is the other shoe going to drop kind of a feeling, and you know there's um one scene in particular where uh real um she she interacts with uh some young young boys uh in the neighborhood my
0: least favorite scene in the movie,
2: yeah, and they're telling her like, go back to fucking Africa, you know and things like that. And these are uh, black, black kids in, you know, in London, uh, like, like we who's also black, but it's definitely not about race. It's more just about uh, the the immigrant experience in that regard. And I thought that that was very interesting uh, in the sense that Remy Weeks went out of his way to show, um, no, this is not a movie necessarily about race. Yes, we have two black characters that are leading uh, this film and this is an experience that is very, very unique to them, but um, that's not what the movie's necessarily about.
0: I didn't like that scene. Mm -hmm. I thought that in some ways it was playing to very stereotypical um, characters on both ends, and especially since Real doesn't seem to have a lot of problems with English or with expressing herself in English in other scenes in the movie, but for some reason does in this scene. Interesting. Well,
1: but and in that scene I, I would say that she is also like disoriented about where she is, and yes. you know the lead up to that is all about her going through like this labyrinth within the estate, yeah, and she which can't... Was, yeah.
0: That and, was really and, well done. Yeah, and
1: I get what you're coming from, Dan. I do think that it is... It's not a subtle scene at all. It's very, Yikes. very, blunt. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think <laughs> that that bluntness helps it uh, It doesn't help it a whole lot. But what I did appreciate about it is its commentary about how some of these issues are not just – racial, that they are kind of within the class system, which as we know, England has a very big problem with class. And I feel like that's maybe one of those cultural things within that country that is really emphasized within that scene. And it really showcases how there are so many different levels of oppression that people go through that when you are in an oppressed group, you will find any excuse to try to be above somebody else. And in a culture that values where you are within the class system so much like like England has i found that to be an interesting highlight to the story that you normally wouldn't get in too many others out there so i agree with you it could have been executed a little bit better but i still really like the ideas that it was playing with and i found that to still be really interesting
0: oh yeah i i really i appreciated what it was saying absolutely 100% and i will say I was very glad that the scene did not go in the direction I was afraid it was going to go yeah. the yeah. whole time. I was very happy that that didn't happen. So there's that.
2: Now, in terms of uh, scenes that we are afraid of, uh, what did we all think of the jump scares, the horror moments, the imagery, without getting into spoilers, because I do want um, our listeners to see this movie for themselves. Uh, what did you guys think, especially of when we get into that second uh, half of the film?
0: I thought it was really well done actually i thought the design of the um for for lack of a better word ghosts um the makeup and costumes and all the design involved with that were was really strong and it was what i liked about it was that no matter what angle we were looking at these ghost like figures from they had this uncanny look to them it wasn't exactly you know terrifyingly scary but there was just something this that was out of place and i think i will take that over a more traditional jump scare ish uh character design any day of the week i think
1: the imagery in this movie is really strong and yeah does very much capture into, like, the creepiness of of it all and really gives you a sense of unease. And it's really, really strong work, just both from, like, the visual standpoint, the makeup that they uh, have on these kind of ghostly apparitions. Uh, there's one kind of centerpiece character that's um, really impressive to watch and and has one of the most, like, kind of gruesome scenes and a very uneasy <laughs> moments that I've seen in a movie this year yeah. towards the end and mm-hmm. it's it, oh it's just so incredibly effective and well done
2: you know Josh you and I saw uh, another movie earlier this year called uh Amulet yeah and that movie uh you know showed quote unquote beast like creatures and this movie dials it back very very much and hides a lot of elements of that quote-unquote beast figure that when they actually like reveal it in this movie i was absolutely petrified of it to the point where i thought that is so subtle and so scary i am going to definitely have nightmares about this one day i don't know when but it's going to be like trapped in my
1: subconscious (laughs) oh yeah and the that entire sequence like yeah we don't want to spoil it for people but Oh yeah.
0: It's <laughs> oh boy. Like, it, it did kind really of get to well me too. done. It's so well done.
1: And there's nothing also that
2: scares me more in any horror movie than being in a uh, dark room, lights off, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you hear and it's coming towards you and you're like, Oh my god, where's it coming from?
0: <laughs> I, yeah, so can I tell you, I watched this late last night, um, you know, all the lights off lying on the couch and the, the sound design in this movie was so good that there were times that I when I couldn't tell if what I was hearing was from the movie or from just my own environment yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that is like that's that is I think great sound design and that is effectively creepy and I yeah it was really good
2: and also too just in terms of just playing into uh the sound design of the movie too uh the score is also quite good as well and there's so many elements uh that borrow from um that south african region in terms of incorporating um elements of uh of uh, the culture into the score also into um the costumes and the visuals of uh the the, the characters that torment um are our, our leads here it all adds up to a whole that just feels like it's so singular and has such a strong perspective that this is why i mentioned before it's one of the strongest horror movies of the year and i think even in any year uh that this would have come out it would have been uh, a strong movie because of the fact that it just feels so wholly unique
1: yeah I really liked yeah. the the musical landscape of the movie too. I thought it was really uh, it, it didn't overpower any scene, but it no. definitely helped to underscore you know no no pun intended a lot of the like uh tension throughout and it really supported it in a way that felt true to the story that it was telling. I thought it was yeah very well done.
0: Yeah same it especially in that scene that we were talking about earlier where she's trying to get through this labyrinth of the estate yeah. that she's living on the everything about that scene was so uh was so so effective but especially i thought the sound design and the score worked really really well to to get her mental state across it was really well done
2: and i'll kind of put a uh, pin in it uh by saying that yeah, I really like the ultimate takeaway message of the movie too, in dealing with trauma and how trauma never really leaves you. But you know, as long as you have you know your home, your health, uh, those who care about you, you can learn to live with the trauma of your past. And that that was something that you know the movie ends on that note and uh, mm. really resonated strongly with me.
0: Yeah, I it's one of those things where I almost wish. They hadn't just decided to state the ultimate theme of the movie so bluntly, but on the other hand, also, I do kind of appreciate it. (laughs) I mean, it's a great final shot. Yeah. Yes. It's a great final moment, and yeah, I, yeah.
2: But I agree with you, Dan, that they do state it pretty bluntly in dialogue, but... I mean, you know, sometimes it works and this is one of those situations where it, it did for me.
0: Yeah, it is. It's one of those situations where it works, but also like I couldn't help but feel like when I got to that night and I'm like that was a note from Netflix, wasn't it? <laughs> like, like, they're like we'll we'll take this movie because it's really good, but you gotta give us something for the people who stream this shit. <laughs>
1: Well, I think it also maybe works a little bit better for me just because since it's so opaque in the first half of the movie and I'm like struggling to figure out like what are like the real emotional stakes that happen that even though it gets spelled out very bluntly in the second half, at least it's like, okay, some relief. At least I know what's happening and what I'm supposed to be kind of getting from it.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree, and I think that's one of the things that it does work in the movie's favor, being so opaque in that first half, is that in the second half, when it does sort of, like, bluntly state what's going on, you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah,
1: uh, now I at least have the context of what's happening. Um,
0: Yeah, and and
2: I'll just say, too, once again, um, the real-world reveal of what it is, actually, that these two characters uh, have gone through even if it's not a horror film, let's just say it was a straight up drama, that would be a absolutely harrowing, dramatic, and traumatic scene in any film of any genre. And I really, really appreciated that the film, uh, even though it does kind of feel like, hey, gotcha, twist, kind of a moment, it, it, it's done in a way that, once again, is just very powerful and feels very very respectful it doesn't ever feel um, manipulative cheesy or that it's like really trying to trying to push us in a direction that the film needs us to go in it feels like a more natural progression so i think that now that you've like seen the whole movie i think that actually the first half does to josh's point way earlier in this review the first half does get elevated now a little bit more uh, by what happens in the second half, and actually I can appreciate the movie uh, that much greater uh, as a whole now.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Totally agree.
2: All right, so any final thoughts on his house from Dan?
0: I don't think... I think we've covered everything. I I just think it's a really... just a really strong movie. It is, you know, just what I want from a horror movie in just about every way, you know? it is It is thick with atmosphere. It's got great performances, and it doesn't just rely on the sort of jump-scare scares. It's really rooted in character and these specific people's situation and builds the horror from there. And I really responded to it very strongly.
2: I get a little annoyed when there is a really good horror movie that comes out that does not have that many jump scares and then you show it to people because you're like, no, this is really good. And then they're like, oh, it wasn't it good. It was kind of slow. It was boring, you know? And that always disappoints me that that's what people are just looking for sometimes. Um, To which I would say, you know, if you want that, you do have a movie like The Invisible Man out there, which is a little bit more mainstream and has those jump scares. But that too also has... A dramatic undercurrent that focuses on character that actually preys upon real world fears in a way that does not feel manipulative, but but just really, really works in an emotional sense, you know. And so I I, I think that that is like the difference sometimes is like I like to go to horror movies that are going to not only obviously scare me. But also make me feel something other than just straight up heart attack inducing jump scare fears.
0: <laughs> so. same, and to that point, if you're looking for jump scares, they are also here and done very well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think my final note before I get to Josh here is uh, there's like one little detail where um, it's where what do you call it, uh, Bull gets. Scared uh, by something that's coming from behind him, and his his instinct, Sharpay's instinct, is to reach behind his neck with his hand even though we never ever see anything, like, in that area or something like that. And I just thought, wow, you know, that's interesting. Because, like, if I ever felt, like, a wind chill or a swipe or something like that, I think I, too, instead of turning around, my first instinct would be to kind of, like, reach behind without even looking, you know, of what's necessarily behind me. And that that was just, like, this little detailed moment that I really appreciated a lot. Uh, Josh, what about you?
1: I think for me, um... I have said most of what I think about this movie. It is very, very strong. Um, And I think that the way that it is able to blend a lot of different elements in terms of the themes that it's working with, with the more overt horror sensibilities with it, I think are so well executed. And ultimately what I really find kind of interesting about it is, sort of at the core of this, is a lot of, elements that you would find in like Victorian horror movies and I just find it so interesting to take some of those elements and apply it to a wildly modern and really inventive context to it and I find that to be so interesting in terms of storytelling and yeah I think this movie has a lot to say doesn't always say it in the strongest way but it is still very effective when you're watching it and I think it's a really great achievement Dan, what's your grade out of 10?
0: I am at an 8 out of 10. Nice. Awesome. Josh, what about you?
1: Uh, I'm at a 7 out of 10. I've really liked it. It's good. It's a good movie. I certainly recommend it. Um, it does have some issues that hold me back just a little bit, but it's still a, a pretty strong movie.
2: And I, too, am at a very strong 7 out of 10 as well. Very, very minute nitpicks here and there, but overall, strong movie. Highly recommended and now it's interesting because on my latest viewing of his house, I did have a thought cross my mind as it pertains to this year's award season. Do you think there is a world where this could get shortlisted for visual effects?
0: Um, I would love it, but no <laughs> yeah i I don't know about the visual
1: effects. I actually think maybe the makeup could because there are some pretty yeah. impressive sequences with some very stylized. Makeup, um, yeah, makeup I could see maybe that being on the short list, okay. All right, yeah, no, because I was, um, I, I guess I had forgotten
2: from my previous viewing at Sundance about some more of the visual elements of this, and I just thought to myself, like, what
1: was the budget on this again,
2: <laughs> you know? So it, the thought crossed my mind, and of course, I think we have to mention uh, things like sound, of course. Um, I think that if there was ever a year where uh hopefully academy members are looking outside the box to you know fill up the sound category even though it's only one category this year you know i think his house has really excellent uh design work and i know if cody derricks was here right now he would be saying horror movies need to get their due more often in the sound category at the oscars
1: yeah it's great work uh that should definitely be considered i I'm skeptical about how far it will go in that regard, but definitely should be under consideration because it is very good work. And I also agree with Cody that horror movies are so dependent oftentimes on their sound design to create that atmosphere of suspense. And this one does a pretty good job at it.
2: And then the last thing I'll also bring up here is I know that we've seen so many great directorial debuts this year, um I would like to just throw Remy Meek's name out there if uh, anyone's looking for first time DGA nominee shortlist and
0: Oh absolutely
2: just trying to you know put some names out there I think this is a, such a very th- this is such a strong debut that it's not like oh like I'm interested in seeing what they do next because I see potential like in, in kind of like a yeah it's flawed but let's say... like this is so strong that I I think that he has the potential to make something Really, really great, you know. Even after this, my expectations are pretty high.
0: (laughs) Totally agree. And also, like, shout out to the cinematographer because this movie looks amazing. I kept thinking about, like, how much this budget must have been. And, like, the fact that it looks as good as it does never ever betrays how much it must have cost.
2: Yeah. And, like, we were talking about earlier, too. I mean, that second half, it's like, you Don't ever expect it based on you know how small and intimate the film feels at times in terms of its uh its uh its setting, you don't expect yeah. it to really go wide the way that it does. And yeah, no, very, very impressed by it. Uh, like I said, it, it felt understated at first, it's never showy, but the, all of a sudden it just becomes very showy out of nowhere, and you're, you're like, w- mm. w- what? <laughs> so. Alright, that'll do it here for our discussion of his house here on the next best picture podcast, currently streaming on Netflix. Dan Bear, where can I find you? On the internet.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Dance and dan on film.
2: Josh Parham. I'm on Twitter at JR Parham. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Happy Halloween, everyone. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, ACAST Castbox, also on Google Play. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. And if you head on over to Patreon, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us for one dollar minimum a month. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time.